Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about some magic words for helping you get your way, a landmark featuring 1,500 years of graffiti, and the story of how high heels were originally meant to be worn by men. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Cody, have you ever tried wearing high heels? No. My feet are huge, so... Yeah, that would be difficult. It'd be really hard to find a... a yeah. Yeah, high heels are definitely a skill that you have to master. They don't, I, they don't feel normal. I would imagine, yeah, they look difficult, and I'm not averse to trying them. Sure. But like I said, I, I wore a men's 11 and a half, which is a women's, like, I don't know, 200 or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just don't know any women that are that tall or have right, that big right. feet. So. Well, we do live in Chicago, and drag race is huge here, so I'm sure you could find somebody. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's <laughs> plenty of places I could I could go out of my way. If I, if I ever pop into one of those shops on Halstead, I'll give it a shot and yeah. let you know how it goes. <laughs> Take them for a spin. Yeah. Well, actually, high heels used to be for men. They came to Europe in 1599 when a group of horse-riding Persian diplomats rode from Moscow to Lisbon, looking for allies in the war against the Ottoman Empire. The heels were actually a technological innovation that kept the riders secure in their stirrups. Fast forward about 50 years, and King Louis XIV of France was really into Persian culture. He also happened to be five foot four, which was short even back in those days. There's actually a portrait from 1701 that shows him dressed to the nines, and in it, he's wearing high-heeled shoes with red-painted heels that he decreed that only certain people could wear. So why did women start wearing them? Believe it or not, it's because European women were starting to assert their equality. Author Elizabeth Semelhack wrote, quote, You had women cutting their hair, adding epaulettes to their outfits. They would smoke pipes. They would wear hats that were very masculine. And this is why women adopted the heel. It was in an effort to masculinize their outfits, unquote. Eventually, you ended up with thick heels for men and skinny heels for women. And the trend kind of died off in men around the turn of the 19th century. That's around the time period fashion scholars call the Great Male Renunciation, which is when men's colorful, flamboyant clothing became more drab and uniform. Think cloaks and jerkins going to gray business suits. Lame. But hey, it's never too late for a comeback. I do have a cloak. Nice. I'm also surprised heels aren't still popular with guys in today's dating world because you always hear from short guys that they complain because they say girls like tall guys. And right. Then, there you go. That's why God invented high heels. Well, you still have cowboy boots. Those have heels. Oh, so true. You, yeah, you got a loophole there. Wow. Yeah. I like it. There's your life pro tip for the day for dating. <laughs> cowboy boots. Perfect. All right, Ashley, have you ever defaced a monument or landmark? Never a monument. I mean, I've definitely written in a bathroom stall before. Really? I really love bathroom graffiti. And actually, the women's bathrooms always have the best graffiti. You are such a rebel. I'm such a rebel. I never would have thought that. <laughs> wow. I've never, ever left my mark on anything. Wow. I don't know if I'm a rule follower or... You I'm should just... try it. You know, if there's already a bunch of graffiti, it's not that big of a deal, right? That's, that's <laughs> how I think of it. I've taken some pictures of graffiti and put them on Instagram. Yes. There's some really funny stuff in bathrooms. There really is. It's good to know that it's not just in the men's stalls. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you plan on going to Mongolia anytime soon, but there's a rock there with graffiti that dates back 1,500 years it's called Taikar Rock, and it's covered top to bottom with 150 pieces of writing that date all the way back to the 6th century when the Turks controlled Mongolia. The earliest writing, therefore, is in Turkish. But there's writing from passing soldiers, warlords, and politicians in Tibetan, Chinese, runic scripts, and modern Mongolian. You can put away your spray paints because the rock's been under historic protection since 1994, so you're not going to leave your mark on it now. But my favorite part of the rock is its origin story. 
So you got to picture this. It's a 66 foot tall rock jammed into the ground with nothing around it for miles except for flat plains and a river. So how did it get there? The best known story says that the stone is on a spot that used to be a giant hole and an enormous serpent would emerge and terrorize the countryside until a giant wrestler got sick of the snake's antics. He grabbed the snake, threw it back in the hole and sealed it away with a giant rock. There's another more romantic origin story of two star-crossed lovers, but I like the wrestling one. (laughs) Geologists say the rock is probably the last chunk of granite left over from millions of years of erosion from the nearby river, but I'm going to go with the giant wrestler theory. It just feels right, you know? (laughs) You would. (laughs) (laughs) You can learn other origins and theories and see pictures today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. All right, Cody, do you ask and seek permission or do and seek forgiveness. I'm a forgiveness guy. And yet you don't draw in bathrooms. That's because I don't feel like it. But I, I have like anxiety over asking permission and being told no. Yeah. I don't know why. There's a some psychological thing where if I hear no, it like damages. Interesting. Physically. So in that way, it's just so much easier to just do it. I'm, I'm a big permission seeker. Really? Like to a fault. Really? Uh, yeah. I probably need to just go ahead and do things a lot more than I do. All right. We should meet in the middle and probably both temper that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, according to a classic psychology study, you need one thing to help you get what you want. Ready? It's a reason. Doesn't matter what kind of reason. Just a reason. Just need a reason. You just need a reason. All right. This comes from the copy machine study. It's a famous experiment conducted by Dr. Ellen Langer in the 1970s. For the experiment, researchers went up to people who were waiting in line for a copy machine at the City University of New York Graduate Center. They all said, excuse me, I have five pages, then made one of three requests. The first was, may I use the Xerox machine? The second gave a nonsensical reason. May I use the Xerox machine because I have to make copies? And the third gave a generic reason. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? So one request just to use the machine, one request giving a nonsensical reason. I mean, because I have to make copies, we all have to make copies, dude. And one request gave a valid reason, saying they're just in a hurry. Well, only 60% of subjects agreed when there was no reason given. For the other reasons, 93% of subjects agreed when the nonsensical reason was given, and 94% agreed when the I'm in a rush reason was given. That's a huge increase, but not much of a difference between those two reasons. Yeah, any reason's a good reason. Yeah. The researchers did repeat the experiment and asked to make 20 copies instead of five, and the reason-giving effect disappeared. So there's a limit to how well this works. But the next time you're handing in a late paper, you might be better off saying, because I didn't have time when you turned it in. A reason is a reason, even if it's not a good one. Though we don't advocate turning in late papers. No, turn everything in on time. We have a very studious listenership. We, we get emails from mechanical engineering majors and PhD candidates. And yeah. You're smart out there. It's intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up the show, I just want to quickly remind you to please nominate our show as a finalist for the 2018 Podcast Awards. Visit podcastawards.com and click on Listener Nominations Now Open at the top of the page. Then follow the instructions on the site to register. Once you're signed up, you can vote for Curiosity Daily using the drop-down menus in each category. You can find us under the categories of People's Choice, Educational, and Science and Medicine. There are lots of other categories and shows you can vote for, but that's up to you if you want to participate. We really just need your help with a few quick clicks, and believe us, it really would help us out. Again, that's podcastawards.com or follow the link in today's show notes. It's free and should only take a couple minutes. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. 
on the Westwood One Podcast Network.